Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Today, we're speaking with Sarah Boyd, once named Forbes Female Founder to Watch. She's president and founder of Simply Inc., which launched in 2009 as an agency specializing in events and brand collaborations. Simply provides direct access to reach, engage, and interact with 21 to 40-year-old female consumers. Her company has since been acquired and is equipped now to be even bigger and better with the help of Socialite and Nylon. Today, Simply has grown to include a digital network that helps celebrity bloggers navigate the digital space. She's an incredible entrepreneur, a very impressive woman, and we're so happy to have her on the podcast today. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you. So excited to be here. I love listening. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad that you listen. Um, I appreciate that you listen. Um, I'm excited for you to be here, and I'm sure everybody listening is really excited for you to be here as well. So I just read through a little bit of your background and a little bit about you know the many successes that you've had in your journey but I'd love to hear in your own words you know tell me about you know your journey post school to where you are today and everyone's journey is so unique to influencer marketing um, so tell me about yours sure I've had quite a journey so far uh, I moved to LA right after college um, I always wanted to live in LA my sister lived there so it was always kind of my goal, and um, <clears throat> right after college, I went to school for fashion. I moved out to LA, and actually ended up working with my sister. She left, started her own PR agency, and I was like, "This is the coolest job ever." I had no idea it even existed. I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania, and yeah, so I moved out, worked with my sister in PR for about nine years. Worked from you know with brands that were really small and emerging, which was so much fun to work with, to runway brands out of Paris. So we kind of got to see everything um, from start to finish, which is really exciting. Um, and over the years, I was always known as the nice girl in PR. And just spent those first nine years of my career just going out to every event, meeting everyone, building relationships with not only stylists but editors and when bloggers started emerging i really loved that whole world and i loved working with bloggers so after about nine years of pr i was kind of done with it i had a lot it's of a good run yeah and i had a lot of thankless clients that every day were killing me slowly and i was just like you know i want to wake up every day and change lives and make people happy and be nice and not be told i have to be a bitch and i am not like i like being nice why do we have to be a bitch to be in pr oh, we don't have to be a bitch to be successful right. uh, in anything i would just like to chime in to say thank you yeah yeah so that's when i kind of had this whole epiphany that i wanted to create a business that was about being kind first and foremost but also i wanted to help people and i set out i quit my job and gave myself three months to start our first conference, which was back then called Simply Stylist. It was kind of the first of its kind. It was crazy. And we had hundreds of people at our first conference. I think it was 750 people that just wanted to learn from these 
experts and stylists and bloggers and all of these jobs that you can't go to school for. So it was really exciting to see that people really gravitated towards my idea and, and really wanted this community of like-minded women to come and it set the tone with kindness and no mean girls and it was awesome. So yeah, so that was nine years ago now, I think that we started that. Um, and from there, we obviously expanded to New York and Chicago and Dubai we've done for four years now. And that's and awesome. We've been all over. So it's been awesome to just see the growth of it. And from there we expanded, it's all been kind of really organic. A lot of the celebrities that I worked with when I did PR saw what I was doing with the conference and wanted to work with us. Um, you know, they're like, I have a million followers. Can I make money doing that? I'm like, yes, let's build a website. Let's do this. And I would help them strategize. And it kind of started where I'm like, just put my name up there on your website. If people reach out, they can't reach out to you directly. You're a huge celebrity. So that's really how our digital arm started. And now we have about 20 clients on that roster, all celebrity level clients, but we manage their digital side of their business. So all their partnerships, um, help advise them, can help with their strategy, you know, anything in that realm of digital, we uh, work with them. So that's been exciting to see that part grow. And, and what is it like working with celebrities? Because, you know, there's scale talent in the traditional world, right? So like you're mid-tier influencer is the equivalent term, I guess, in this industry. But working with celebrities is a very specific thing. So mm -hmm. you must enjoy it because you chose to go that path. What is it like? And what are some of the trials and tribulations? Yeah. And what are some of the, the exciting parts of it? Well, that's a good question because everyone's like, oh God, celebrity, like it must be crazy. And honestly, it could be if I had those clients. I'm lucky enough that I can choose who I do and don't want to work with. I only work with people that I enjoy. They're good people. They're kind. Like That is my tone across the whole company. And it's someone that I would want to go on a trip with and spend a week with. And they're friends. They've become good friends of mine. So honestly, I feel like I'm working with my best friends every day. And if they did have that attitude, I would cut them in a second. I was going to say, have you ever fired a yes. client before? Was that difficult? No. No. <laughs> You're like, it was the best decision I, I ever made. miserable every day. Like, I listen to my gut, and every morning, if I'm feeling that awful feeling, it's kind of the same feeling I had at my end days of PR. I am done, and I have to end it, or else I don't make myself sick. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And so talk through that a little bit, because... I can imagine a lot of people listening right now have had a similar experience in which, you know, they were working with somebody, they felt like they needed to please them and, and they were number one and they need to bend over backwards. And, you know, sometimes they're unfortunately not in a position to fire a client, but sometimes they can be mm -hmm. influential in telling maybe the right person that does have the authority to fire them that like, that's the recommendation mm -hmm. um, or they're fortunate enough to say like yeah. this is not working this is my own business and I'm willing to take quote unquote the risk potentially of firing somebody but talk through that a little bit because I'm sure it wasn't always easy to do that or maybe you grappled with the first time you did it and weighing the pros and cons but talk through that process and and what advice would you give to people if they're experiencing a really difficult person and what to do about it yeah well I mean we're all in this business because we are that personality type of like we want to please we want to I was a waitress my whole life and I was always in that service role because I 
I don't like being in front of the camera so much. I like building other people up. I love seeing them grow, but only people that are deserving of it, I feel. So, yeah, I mean, if you're in that position and you can't let them go, I mean, I would suggest having a heart-to-heart with them. And I know they're kind of the one on the pedestal and you're almost their servant in a way. With the awful clients, it feels that way. But having a heart-to-heart with them. And if it, if it takes you taking some other time away from that client, pitching them or working with them and finding a new replacement, I would highly suggest that because... Life is too short, and I've seen so many people that have bounced around to every single agency because it's not you, it's them. And remembering that and knowing that if you have that conversation with them and it still doesn't work and it's still really awful, you got to move on. There's kind of no way out of it because a lot of times those people don't change, and they just kind of take that attitude to everyone they work with, and it's awful, and it will make you sick. Sure. And yes, I agree with that. Been there, done that. But also, interestingly enough, like you say, they likely won't change. And so I would also point out, uh, because if I were listening, I'd just say, like, how can you pinpoint, you know, how can you prevent this from happening in the first place? Like, how can you pinpoint what type of client would be a mess you know would be one that would be really particularly difficult and what you just said reminded me when I first start working with people and they're open to feedback and they're Mm -hmm. open to criticism and not only that but you pretty you soon see that they implement some of that that's a really good sign that is good (laughs) and also what before you sign on with someone do a really vigorous vetting process yes Talk to them, see what their incoming opportunities are, seeing, see how they work with brands. Kind of talk to people in the industry before you sign them on. 100%. It's a small industry. Make a few phone calls and kind of get the word on the street on that person. Talk to brands they've worked with. Like, do your research before you dive into this relationship because I agree, once you're really working with someone for a long-term period, it's hard to get out of it. And you've invested so much time into right. it too. So I would want to save the the agony of anyone listening from what I'm sure inevitably you and I have experienced at some point. And I would say, yeah, like truly vet them. Take your time to vet them. There's no rush, yeah. you know? And if someone's rushing you, I always think that that's such a red flag. There's a lot of red flags just in that vetting process, that first month of knowing each other. If they're calling you a thousand times a day, if they, or on the opposite end, if they don't respond to your emails, or if they're unorganized or all of these red flags that you see that could potentially be a nightmare client, look at them and don't get excited by like the shiny object of like, oh, they're amazing or they have this many followers because that doesn't always translate for, no, you know, to be a good at client. at all. And I can speak from personal experience there too. I mean, some of the clients that I've had that had half the following Mm -hmm. if they're good to work with I say so often like people just want to work with people that they like exactly and from the brand side or the agency side I've seen it I've witnessed it that if there's an influencer that was just they were easy they produced really good content they were responsive they produce on time these simple things that we certainly don't take it for granted but you know are so important they reuse those people so i was just in a meeting that literally said just that this week yeah i've been in meetings all week here in new york and they said i would rather work with someone with little to no conversions even or they are not hitting my requirements that I need for the campaign but I love working with them and they produce great content over someone that is a diva or yeah yeah exactly or even their manager agent as what we're doing 
we are the face for them. And that's why a lot of my clients want to work with me because they're like, I know that you're representing me as a good person and I don't want this asshole out there in the industry. And that's people's thought of me. Is, is your agent and representation. So sure, they're the first line of defense. They're the face of their, you know, of your brand. Yeah. yeah. So it should be aligned. It yeah. should be aligned. Like if you're a tough MFR, like maybe your manager should be that too. But if that's never been your MO when you inevitably negotiated for yourself before right. getting a manager or an agent, then it doesn't, it, everything has to align. And I might sound a little like foo-foo, but you know also, you just feel an energy with somebody yeah. And you know if it if you gel with that person. Exactly. Yeah. But trust your gut. And also, this is a, a women's networking group, which is WIM. And I, I think it's so important that women in general learn to trust their gut instincts. I know. And the older you get, the further you kind of get away from listening to that. But it's so important. Every, Every important. big decision that I made was the one time I did follow my gut, you know? And that was my other big decision when I decided to sell my business. And that was another gut kind of reaction because I was on that treadmill for so long. And I was like, how am I gonna continue on this treadmill? I'm losing my mind. I'm working 24 hours, I'm, I'm never off. I got married, my husband's like, can you like take a break for a second? No. Then it really hit me when I got pregnant and your body is telling you like you cannot physically not eat for you know eight hours or you cannot physically you know work constantly you have to take a break your body would tell you and put you to sleep so it really trained me to you know kind of pull back from the business and once I had the baby my little sweet Ava on maternity break I had took like six weeks and I would take two hour walks as an entrepreneur Mm. I don't remember the last time I took two hours to go on a walk and not have my phone or a conference call on my ear and it was amazing because it was kind of like my meditation where I could pull back and really reassess from a different perspective of the business so on one of those walks I was like I've built this as big as I can do it on my own with a little team of four and uh, I've pulled all my favors I've been the nice girl I've gotten everything I can possibly get it's time. And uh, that was one of my big epiphanies when I listened to my gut on a walk. And the next day, I emailed like five different companies that I thought could be a good fit. And 24 hours later, I had a response from everyone. And then, you know, obviously it takes time and you have to do the whole process. But six months later, I had two offers out of those five and sold my business. So again, listening to your gut and kind of, you know, not trying to push a boulder up a hill but like go with what's working and what feels good absolutely and so talk to us about the process of selling a business I know that's also what your course discusses about as well so why don't we talk a little bit about the course first and then I'd love to hear your personal experience because I'm sure that informs you know what topic do I want this course to be on Um, and it was one near and dear to your heart right so tell everyone about this course thank you yeah so Like I said, I am a small town Pennsylvania girl. I am not a Harvard grad. I am just kind of your girl next door that happened to have a business that I was passionate about and grew it and was able to sell it. So I feel like there's a lot of women like me out there that that could also do the same thing. It's not that difficult if you really set your mind to it and listen to like my step by step how I did it. Obviously, every story is different, but. 
I think the number one trait is persistence, and I had that from being in PR, and having a strong vision and going forward with it. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I could never do that, and you talk yourself out of things in your head. Mental barriers. Yes, Mm -hmm. and I don't have that trait. I'm just like, let's go, let's Mm -hmm. do it. Like, maybe ignorance is bliss sometimes because I don't know how hard it is, or I don't know, I don't think about things that much, so I just kind of go. I think that's how you have to be in life. Maybe I could be a little more cautious in some decisions, but... Well, it's um, worked well for you not being, so no, don't change. Um, So yeah, so I've had a lot of people asking me questions about it. We launched online courses um, about a year ago. We did one on styling, and then this is our second one, but I'm actually teaching it. And it's how, it's kind of my story and a step-by-step guide on how to build a business from setting up what kind of bank accounts, what people you need on your team, when to hire, when to raise money, how to raise money, what these terms are, all of these things that I learned the hard way. So it's all boiled down into about 10 to 12 hours of video content, worksheets, workbooks, like printouts you can use, everything. And then I brought in eight amazing female entrepreneurs to weigh in for different areas. So the co-founder of FabFitFun, the founder of Cool House, um, Jana Kramer, one of my clients, Jessie Draper, of um, she's a huge venture um, capitalist. Amazing women that all kind of weighed in with their expertise because I don't claim to know anything about those categories. So it was really cool to do, and now it's done. We launched on International Women's Day, so people can get the course um, on our website, simply-inc.com slash course. And yeah, take it, and I highly suggest because I wish I had that when I was starting a business. I'm just thinking, having recently started a business, yeah. I want to take this course. I mean, it sounds incredible. And I love that you're coming at it from not, I'm the expert and it's just 12 hours of me speaking, yeah, but no. it's like, <laughs> but it's like you brought in, you know, support. You brought in additional experts in their respective areas right. to like speak to what they're super knowledgeable about. And I love that it sounds pretty multifaceted too, like from start to finish. So it sounds pretty thorough. That's awesome. And so many of the things that you're discussing, like how to raise money. I mean, if you don't have like a degree in, I don't even know what degree would you get to know that. It's just experience. If you don't happen to have that experience, which if you're in influencer marketing or in any most fields, you just simply wouldn't know that. But it's imperative in order to do what you want to do here. And that's kind of what I did. You know, like I sent those emails out. I didn't know what I was talking about. I'm like, hey, you want to acquire my business? Like, I don't know anything about the fundraising (laughs) side of businesses. I just sent an email. And I'm like, let me just go to the top person. Let's send it to the CEO. You know, that's the way to do it. You go to the top. They'll ping it down to the right person. And I was so shocked that I got all these responses. And then they're like, great, can you sign this NDA and send your portfolio and your P&Ls and your this and your deck? And I'm like, wait, what are you even talking about? So I had to make some phone calls and again, using your relationships. And I found someone that really helped me um, put together my financials and my projections and all of these things. And he went into a lot of the meetings with me because I didn't even know the words they were saying. Like in some of these meetings, I'm like, I know fashion PR. I don't know what you're talking about right now. But I would also venture to say they would acquire you because of what you know. 
right? Yes. And so I also don't want people listening right. to be like yeah. intimidated in any way. Or even they like they look at the course or they take the course and they're like that just seems daunting or that just seems scary. Like I'm now I, I'm familiar with it, but I'm still not an expert. And some people are just uncomfortable talking about money and maybe they're uncomfortable with that idea. And so, you know, they're yeah. intimidated in some way for some reason. But I would venture to say like that stuff, you can get help. You can get exactly, support. Exactly. Um, you can hire a consultant for a little bit of time to sort of get you where you need to be. But people who it's the business that is valuable and it's and you, it's, you. It's you. you and it's your business. And so you are great at what you do and you've built it to a certain point. So I just don't want people to be intimidated. No, don't be intimidating. I mean, if I can do it, you can do uh, it. You know, I hired a consultant for a couple of months just to help me put all that together because I, I didn't have that. So, you know, taking my financials and, you know, all of those things that I did not know how to do, he helped me. So I think that's one of the biggest investments that I made. And it wasn't that much, you know, to sell your business. Less than $10,000 probably I spent on putting all of that packaging together, which that is what sells your business. That's very important right. to find the right bond to help you on your team. So, yeah, it's not intimidating at all. And honestly, yes, the financials can get a little, you know, scary. But if you have an expert helping you, you know, I honestly went in there and sold myself. And that's what people want. They want to acquire you and your relationships and and have you on their team. Yes, absolutely. Like, if mm -hmm. anything is to be taken from this conversation, I hope that people hear that. Because yeah. um, yeah. it's what it's where all of your confidence should come from. And yeah. so, uh, being on the on the other side of it, having sold the business, and um, talk to everybody about your your company now, and like where you all stand, and what you're doing these days. Yeah. So that happened two years ago. Um, we were acquired by Socialite and Nylon, and. And it's been really fun to see the growth of it because I've always been a company of about four people um, in a tiny office and now we're in this beautiful space in Los Angeles it's Liberace's old penthouse it's this like rooftop gorgeous space we've got you know three different companies now within our office in LA we've got a whole New York team so now uh, you know four people has turned into a company of 50 plus and it's really exciting because now I have all these people that we can tap into that are so smart and have experience and I felt like I was always a little bit alone because you know I had my team but I was kind of the visionary and I had to make all these decisions and I didn't have anyone to kind of throw back ideas and, and help really grow all of the concepts that I had. So now I have that, which is exciting, and we are going through the official merge process. Um, so our talent is now Socialite Prestige. So it's our celebrity division. Socialite has um, really embraced us. So we're kind of the experiential arm of it. So obviously all of our events are still happening. We do our conferences. We do smaller influencer events, um, trips with our talent, and then obviously you know, have a huge roster now of talent between Socialite and the celebrity division that we manage. And then lots of deals that we, you know, do for brands. So brands will come to us for strategy and for casting. And, you know, we also now do amplification on Facebook and Instagram. And like, just, it's really cool to see how we can fit into the bigger picture of a larger company. And it's taken two years to really fully integrate. But uh, it's been it's been awesome and, and I'm excited to 
you know, kind of take on this new role. I'm in charge of business development for Socialite and bringing in brand partners and strategic partners and sky's the limit. So we're just really hoping to join forces officially and really grow. That's so exciting. And so it sounds like you guys are doing quite a bit. I mean, you know, you're managing talent, you're brokering deals with brands and you have the course and you, I'm sure you still have uh, events occasionally, um, conferences. Mm -hmm. So there's certain percentages, of course, that are allotted to each thing. What would you say is like the main focus, if you could articulate that? Yeah, so Socialite's broken up into a few a few different buckets. So they have I would say about half and half would be talent versus brand partnerships. Mm-hmm. And then for Simply, I still love the events, whether it's a smaller event or a larger event or the trips. So I love, you know, kind of working on those. So I would say the majority of my time is spent doing those sort of opportunities. So I would say 50-50 between the brand partnerships and the talent management and then kind of me and maybe one other person are kind of working on the events and that side of the business. We've really scaled back our conferences. There's so many Mm -hmm. and the digital arm is just growing so fast. We really put a lot of our resources into that side of the business. And the conferences, we, we do about two to three a year. Um, whether it's just one panel to a full day. So um, coming up, we have one at Fashion Island in Orange County, and that one's actually free to everyone. And then we do our Dubai conference in October, and then we're doing one downtown LA um, in December. So we still have our hands in that, but it's not our full focus anymore. Very cool. And so I'd love to pivot a little bit because I know you talked a little bit earlier about Ava. Yes, (laughs) my little angel your little angel whose photos on Facebook I try to like (laughs) and comment on as often as possible because she is adorable adorable and I always love to highlight you know women who obviously people who come on this podcast are women successful women in business but I always think it's very helpful to hear when those women who are successful in business also have other parts of their life (laughs) Mm -hmm. whether it's family or friends or taking care of somebody or having a child Um, And so talk to us a little bit about work-life balance since having Ava. I know this is the number one question I get. And the answer is, if someone says they have a fully balanced life, they are lying. Because, I mean, for instance, right now she's with my dad and and her little her Gigi and Pop-Up in Philly. Mm -hmm. And I am just feeling so guilty that I'm not with her because, you know, I miss her. And I want to spend every second with her. But... When you're a working mom, you can't. And I I get so much fulfillment out of working and and doing what I love too. So, you know, wherever you are, you feel guilty. And then when I'm with her and I'm not working, I feel like I could be doing more because I look back into my 20s when I was just working nonstop. I'm like, gosh, I got so much more done. But what I can say is I am so extremely happy and blessed. I have an amazing husband who I love to the moon and back. I have the most beautiful daughter that I'm just so obsessed with and can't stop kissing every time I'm with her. And I have two amazing stepsons too. They're 18 and 14. So as much as we can, we try to like take off on our summer Fridays and go up. We have a lake house in Lake Arrowhead and that's like our little happy place where we can unplug and just fill up our life so much there. Um, We go out on the boat and just have silence and just have family time, which is so needed and to get out of the rat race. Um, So we try to do that. And then when it's Monday morning, we're back to the grind. But, you know, I love it all. So I think 
for me, it's just following, again, your gut and what makes you happy. And if it doesn't make you happy, cut it out of your life. And that goes with friendships, relationships, everything. And life is too short. I mean, amen to that. (laughs) So being real about it, it's a struggle. And I'm sure every day is a little bit different. Like you might set out one day being like, all right, these are the plans and this is how the day is going to go. Or oh, there's no plans with, <laughs> as a mom. Exactly. Or now she's at the age she's three and a half. Before when she was a baby, she couldn't say, mom, I love you. Please don't go to work today. I want to hang out with you. I, I like walk out the door and want to cry, you know, yeah. but yeah, sure. it's, it's hard. Every day literally is a struggle and there is no real answer to it other than, you do the best you can and they know that you love them and when you are with them be present I try to put the phone down I try to not be preoccupied and have my full focus on her whether that's playing play-doh or like anything so it's hard it's very hard but it's so rewarding and I could not imagine life without kids and so she's pretty young how old is she she's three and a half do you talk to her a little bit about like where mommy's going and why it's yeah. important to you and things like that to sort of show your young daughter what I she do. can do when she grows up. Yeah? yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I say mommy's going to work and I show her <laughs> pictures and I show her videos and I show her my office. I'll FaceTime her from the office and she sees like all the fun stuff there. She's like, I want to come <laughs> visit you at the office. That's so cool. They have a dog there. So um, yeah, she understands. It's just, you know, as a three-year-old, you can't articulate your feelings you cry or you are happy you like that's kind of it sure yeah yeah so. yeah and does she come to the office with you every so often no, no. i would get nothing done are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i you're right and i get that and so on the weekends and when you are focused on her i think that's such good advice though is just like turn off the phone as much as possible be present be intentional um, and that's hard sometimes. Like if you had a difficult week, <laughs> I can uh-huh. imagine that your brain is just on a loop about like all the things that you you did, all the things that you have to do. Any tips and tricks on that? Like to just get yourself present? Beer? No. <laughs> <laughs> Some wine? Beer and wine. No. Um, I say grounding yourself with friends and family. That is my number one tip honestly is like I get home and we do like sushi dinner on Fridays and it's so fun because Ava eats everything she's like she throws down like 10 pieces of raw salmon she's (laughs) crazy yes that's awesome we'll like go to sushi and we'll just decompress and like not talk about work and it's just how was your day what were your happiest parts of the day what were your lowest parts of the day let's talk about just us and how we can improve and my husband and I were like a little almost like a little business team the two of us so we talk about our goals you know as a couple and where we want to be in five years and and how we can achieve our goals and so it's almost like we go home and we talk business but in other ways so yeah yeah. we feed each other that way just going to the park and going swimming and going up to the lake like I said like that is just our way of getting like a real weekend yeah and just like finding those things that get you there because it's going to be different for everybody yeah I mean being able to go on like a two hour long walk like for me I'm like that sounds incredible but like I would be thinking too much I know. <laughs> like I would be I wouldn't be able to do that yeah but how wonderful that you can because it sounds incredible well I don't do two hour walks anymore that was when I had a three week old <laughs> yeah to get her to go to sleep fair fair that's yeah. real yeah. um yeah I mean so just finding what it is for you 
And yeah. so like experimenting a little bit, whether it's like meditation or a yoga class. Some people are really into physical fitness. Boxing. I love boxing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's my that's my meditation now. Yeah. I um, love that. But yeah, no, getting into a workout is a great way to just take that hour for yourself, especially with the kid. Weekends can sometimes be exhausting as well because you're running around after a toddler. Right. So, yeah, taking that time to, like, go get your nails done, go get a massage, go do something for an hour on your own is huge. Yeah. Um, And so we ask everybody this question on the podcast, and Mm -hmm. I'm excited to ask you. What do you wish someone had told your younger self that would have given you a professional or personal advantage today? Hmm. How young? Mm-hmm. Good question. No one's ever asked that before. I like being interviewed as well. High school or college age? I would say find someone that builds your confidence and have your own confidence because that was something I lacked in high school. There was a lot of mean girls in my high school and that's kind of what really led me to my path and kindness. But confidence is everything. You can succeed if you have that strong confidence in yourself and in your abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say find people that lift you up and not put you down um, because literally the five people that surround you most are who you become. So really mm-hmm. think carefully about who those people are and um, tell yourself in the morning every day you're beautiful, you're smart, and, and tell yourself those words because you need to mm-hmm. believe them. Words are so powerful. Words are so, so powerful. And find your own confidence. Yeah. I love that. Because that will never go away. If you can really affirm that, that will never go away. Mm -hmm. Where can everybody find you? Because I can't believe that we're out of time. (laughs) And I'm sure that everybody wants to hear more. So if they want to hear more and chat with you or pick your brain, take your course, where can everyone find you? Instagram's probably the best. Uh, Sarah P. Boyd. And then I think the link in bio is my course. Or you can just go to at Simply and go to our website, simply-inc, and the course is there. And we have a blog, and we talk about all things influencers. And, um, yeah, come to our events. We'll see you. And obviously DM me if you have any questions. I would be happy to answer and chat with you guys. Sarah's incredible. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments, so comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in.